guys? How y'all doing? Good. Well, I'm not going to preach at you tonight. I'm just going to, I kind of wanted to just share my testimony with you guys. Is that all right? So it's going to be a lot about me, things that I did wrong, things that I learned, things I did right. But I feel like in my life, um, God's grace was really there in my high school years. So high school wasn't the easiest, but God's grace was there. I learned a lot. I was really protected from a lot. And so I just wanted to um, give you all some pointers, kind of tell you what happened in my life. So hopefully this can help you guys, okay? All right, so I'm really going to be really intimate with you guys tonight as far as like letting you into my life. So... I don't know if you're ready for all this, but (laughs) so I grew up super crazy awkward and like really, I was really weird, not even joking. So I was kind of cute from like age zero to age four. And then at four and a half, my, that's what I was like, what happened at four and a half? My baby brother was born. That's exactly what happened. So I am a middle child. Any middle children out there, God bless you. I'm praying for you daily. Middle children, the forgotten ones, come on, right? Okay, so I think that's, I honestly, like honestly, I think that's what happened, is I was like, I'm not the baby anymore. I have to be really weird to get attention because I have a beautiful older sister. We're completely opposite. She's super feisty, and I'm like, not at all. So she's super feisty. She's got dark skin and black hair and dark eyes. She's really exotic looking. And I'm like the girl next door, like all American brown hair, you know, whatever. Um, So, okay, let me just, I'm just going to show you guys some pictures. Don't let it change your opinion of me. Okay. But so at four years old, this is me at four. Just guess which one is me when you see it. Can you see the weird one? I couldn't, like, even hold my mouth normal. I had to do something weird, which is, you know what's really weird is that I can see my two girls in me. God help them. Um, Okay, so that was just the beginning. That was, like, the first years of my awkwardness. So this is what it turned into. (laughs) Go ahead and go to the second picture. That is me at, like, nine years old. Me craving attention. And my brother actually posted this on Facebook as blackmail. But I decided to show it to you guys tonight. I was so weird. So... Part of my weirdness, I got real chunky. And then when I hit age 12, I started going through puberty. And I had terrible acne. You can take the pictures down, Taylor. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, so I had terrible acne. I had crooked teeth. I was chubby. And then I do not know what happened, but my hair exploded at age 12. And it was like a cra- I'm not joking with you like an afro. I literally could make it come up this big. And it was untamable, and I never paid attention to how to groom myself when my mom tried to teach me. And so I was kind of stuck there for a while with this beautiful sister. And um, so I was craving attention, starving for attention. There was actually one time we were on a ski trip. This is such a terrible story. We were on a ski trip with the youth group, and one of the leaders actually said this, which makes it 20 times worse. But, so we get out of the car, my sister gets out of the car, and she's like, beautiful and whatever, and he's like, oh my gosh, Aubrey, you look like a snow bunny, you look so beautiful. And so then I was so proud, 
I look back at my little 12-year-old heart like, oh, I feel bad for you. But I got out of the car, had this brand new like puffer coat on. It was like so cute. And I get out of the car and he was like, Amory, you kind of look like the Michelin tire man. <laughs> he literally said those words to me. And he like, he still says stuff like that to this day. We're like, you would think he'd learn. He's like my parents' age. He always says stuff that gets him in trouble. Anyway, that was my life, okay? Is that a good painting of how I was? Okay, so at like 13 or 14, so this whole time I'm craving attention, desiring attention, desiring to fit in. I was so awkward. I played trombone, which made it 10 times worse. And I was just weird, okay? Um, but my youth group, when I was like, I think 13 or 14 started going through revival. And it was, cr I'm talking like crazy. They were busing kids in. There were hundreds and hundreds of kids there. And um, it was awesome. I felt the spirit of God like I had never felt before. I experienced the presence of God like I had never felt before. And I loved it. And I wanted to be in his presence all the time. And I saw, I felt the love of God. And I saw the changes that it could make in people. Like, I mean, these kids were being delivered from all sorts of stuff. Like the worst stuff being delivered from it. And I, and I didn't have anything crazy, but I just wanted God. Like, you know what I mean? I just wanted to be in his presence. So um, anyway, let me add to this. I obviously, apparently, I never had any guys interested in me ever, okay? Never. The only guys, there were like two guys interested in me from like my whole life, and they were not normal people. They were weird, okay? So they don't really count. Um, anyway, so... But when I, when I started going through that revival, I still wanted the attention of guys. I still wanted the attention of people. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be popular. But I was craving God more than that. And so at that age, 13, 14, I made the decision to completely surrender to God. And um, so this leads me to my first point, which is surrender to God. Such an easy thing. But man, it's so, so good. And just, and I'm talking about like surrender. Not like, like I'm talking about like going all out. Like, God, I just want you. I'm completely surrendered. What are you telling me to do? What do you want me to do? That's, that's the place I got to. So my first scripture is Romans 12, 2. I use the Passion Translation. Taylor got it for me. Thank you. He's the bomb. Okay. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So obviously I wanted what the culture wanted around me, you know, to fit in, to be cool. But whenever that revival happened, this is where I, this is the point that I got to. I didn't want to imitate the culture anymore. I still wanted it, like my flesh wanted it, but my heart wanted God more. So I had friends in school, but they, they were good people that were making really bad decisions. So I had friends that were, I mean, doing bad stuff, drinking, partying, um, having intimate relationships with their boyfriends and girlfriends. And um, I loved them. I really did. And they really were good people just making, they were just following the culture. That's high school culture, right? That's what a lot of kids are doing. And um, they were just following along with that. Um, but instead of following that, even though I wanted their approval, I was so convicted by what they were doing. Something in my heart had changed. Something, um, something in my, I could feel 
I could feel the Holy Spirit convicting me and saying, even though you want those things, those things are wrong. And I want you to run from them, don't run to them. So that's what I did. I ran from them. And um, I started at lunchtime, instead of um, sitting with friends, when I could, I would go outside and talk to my mom on the phone. So I had lunch with my mom every day. And then I started, and my mom and I were like super close. We still are super close. But anyway, that, that like helped develop my relationship with my mom as a teenager and um, able to tell her anything and just be super open with my mom. So, but then I really wanted to dig into the word. And so I would start bringing my Bible to school, started bringing my guitar to school. And I decided I'm going to read through the New Testament. Um, and just so you know, I am a non-reader. Any non-readers in here? I hate reading so much. <laughs> um, I honestly, like honestly, I cannot tell you the last time I read through a whole book. I've started a lot of books, but I cannot finish them. I just, I don't like to read. But I wanted to know God, and I wanted to know what the Word of God said. So I was like, I'm going to read through the New Testament. So I encourage you guys, even if you're a non-reader, if you've never read through the New Testament, I just took it from the very beginning. I started at the beginning, and I said, I'm going to read this. And even if I don't understand it, whatever. I just, I want to read it, you know. Get the word inside of you. It's so important at this age to get the word of God inside of you. So that's what I started doing. I also, like I said, brought my guitar, and I would worship at lunchtime. I'd go to the band hall, and I'd worship and read my Bible. Um, I was told by peers, you can't have your Bible in school. Let me tell you, you can have your Bible in school. You can take your Bible to school. Um, and actually one time I, w I had my guitar in class just because I didn't want it to be stolen. So I had to carry it around with me. And a teacher was like, Hey, play some, sing something for us, play something. And I was like trying every excuse to not do it. Cause I really didn't want to, but he talked me into it. I'm like, I only know worship songs. Like, I don't know any other stuff. And so he was like, that's okay. Just, just do it. So I sang a song about the blood of Jesus, which was just happened to be the song that was on my heart that day. And immediately following that, I had someone make fun of me and ridicule me in front of everybody. And I, I look back at that experience like that didn't like crush me, but that specific person was one of the people that I really, really wanted their approval. And I really wanted to be accepted by them. It was a popular person. And um, let me tell you something, when you live a life going after God, you are not always going to have the approval of people. You're going to make people uncomfortable. Um, and it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit convicting them. People know when you're living a life, you don't have to say anything. I've had people, like, we're just, like, having conversation at work. You know, I was, like, um, I was a little older when this happened. I had, a man like, a new manager, and we're all just talking. And I was, like, oh, yeah, um, the first, when I first, the first night I ever lived out of my parents' house um, was the night I got home from my honeymoon. That was like my husband, my first time alone in our apartment. And I was like reminiscing. And he was like, um, you make me feel really bad about myself. And I was like, I'm like, I'm just talking, you know, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but that's what's going to happen. And it's okay. Either they're going to react that way or they're going to say, oh my gosh, they're going to be convicted and they're going to turn and start doing what's right. So that's just going to happen. The Bible says there's going to be persecution. That's not really tough persecution, but um, it's okay. And in my heart, I had to become okay with that. If people are going to make fun of me, that's the way that it is. You know, I want God. 
And if that's what I had to deal with, then that's fine. Not that it was easy, but that's the way it was. So even at this time, um, I was getting thinner. I started losing weight, thank God. Um, I figured out how to do my hair and tame the mane. I learned how to do makeup, and I was actually feeling really pretty. started dressing myself in different clothes that were more, I don't know, looked better on me than what I was wearing before. And I actually started to become, like, come into myself. All my features suddenly went from being, like, Picasso to, like, they're all aligned. Everything's normal now. And, um, but you know what? Nobody was interested in me still. And I really wanted a boyfriend so bad. Like, I wanted attention. Like, somebody notice me. Somebody think I'm pretty. But it just didn't happen. And that really stunk. But still, I'm going after God. Still wanting those things, but going after God. So as a natural result of this surrender to God, I started going to the secret place, which um, I was playing this message, and then it like goes perfectly with that song. I didn't even realize it. Um, but that's my second point is go to the secret place. So I started like getting away with God. And by that, I mean literally getting away, like closing my bedroom door and reading my Bible, closing my bedroom door and worshiping for hours. Like just, I wanted to be in the presence of God because I experienced it and I wanted it. It was like, I craved it. I was like addicted to it immediately. And, um, I just wanted to be there. And, um, so part of what happened is I started um, just being in the presence of God, craving the presence of God. It helped me to naturally start valuing what God said about me more than what people said about me. It helped me to start seeking his voice, like naturally. I wasn't like, oh God, I want to hear your voice. It was like a natural thing. Like I'm going to start listening for the voice of God on a daily basis, just because what he says about me and what he wants me to do matters to me. And so I started listening to his voice and learning how to hear his voice, which was awesome. And another thing that happened was um, gifting started to come out of me that I didn't know I had. And this is all on my own. Like nobody was prophesying over me or laying hands on me or anything like that. It was like, just get along with God and he's going to tell you things and he's going to show you things. So that's when I started writing songs, just coming out of worship with him. And um, so anyway, um, let me see. I really, really valued worship in that time. Worship is so huge in my life. It's like, like I was created to worship God. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys, you were created to worship God. That's something that he's placed on you. And um, man, it just like hit me. I really valued that. I really valued worshiping God and just spending that time with him. Um, and like I was telling my husband earlier, I was preaching to him earlier so he can tell me how everything sounded. Um, but I would start, I'm driving at this point, I'm like 16 years old and I would drive and, um, I would just feel in my spirit, like, don't go that way. And so I wouldn't, I would choose to go a different way home. Sometimes I'd come down Hidden Creek to get home and sometimes I go down 174, but it was just like, I just hear God. And I told him, I wonder I wonder what God was saving me from. Like, I look back on that, like, God, what were you saving me from? And he's like, what if he wasn't saving you from anything? What if he was just showing you how to hear his voice? You know, it can be that simple. It's so simple to hear the voice of God. I think we overcomplicate it. But just having the desire to hear his voice, he, you know, like, you can't, you can't move toward God without 
him coming like 20 times more. You know what I mean? He's sitting there waiting for you. So if your heart is there and you're ready, he's going to speak to you. And that's what was happening to me. And I wasn't trying. Like, it was just happening. And um, it was really good. So anyway, I was leading, started leading worship in this time. Really started seeing the gifts of God that he's placed on my life. And um, really just started valuing his words and his desires for me. And um, I still wanted a boyfriend real bad. That didn't change. <laughs> but I was listening to God. And um, so here's what I started to do. So this is great advice for boys and girls. But if I knew that a guy was interested in me, I would just say, God, is this my husband? And he would say no. And I would ask every time. And he said no every time. And there were some times I really wanted him to say yes. And sometimes I kind of fought against it, like, oh, I think that was yes. Oh, thank you, God. And, like, driving. Anyway. Um, and he was saying no. And I knew it, but I didn't want to hear it. So, um, anyway, one of the things that happened, like, this is so major, guys. It's so important to listen to the voice of God. I look at this one instance I'm about to tell you about. Like, I could have completely missed God. Like, I was months away from missing God. But thank you, Jesus, for the grace of God. I was obedient. But there was a guy at school that I really liked. We were like best friends. He was like a brother to me. I didn't like him at first. Like he was like actually like a brother to me. And then things started to change. And I kind of started to like him. And he kind of started to like me. And we got to the point where we had acknowledged to each other that we liked each other. And I knew right away, I am not supposed to marry this guy. Like, I know that he is not the one for me. But I really liked him. And there was nothing wrong with him. Nothing. Like, to this day, there is nothing wrong with that person. He was wonderful. He loved God. He was, had a pure heart, an innocent heart. Um, he loved worship. I'm like, oh, our giftings go perfect together. And I'm, like, making all these excuses of why He's right. Why he's good. There's no reason why he shouldn't be good. Um, so we never started our relationship, but we were kind of moving toward that. I was so grieved in my spirit. I can't even tell you. Like, I probably could have thrown up. Like, that's how I felt. Like, God's saying, no, 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 no. And I'm like, why? I don't, what is it? I don't know. And I don't know why, but I just, I just finally decided to be obedient to God. I got in my car, and I drove to his house, and it was the worst thing ever. And I had to tell him, you are amazing. There is nothing wrong with you, but I cannot be in a relationship with you. Like, we cannot go any further. And um, that was so hard. That, it was terrible. And I wish I had just been obedient to God. But if I hadn't been obedient to God, two months later, I met Josiah. So can you imagine if we had started in a relationship together? I would have missed the man that God desired for me. That's huge. Thank you, God. I'm just so thankful that I was obedient. Um, all this stuff, it's like, I'm not perfect. I, I was like a normal teenager, just like anybody else. You know, like I got in trouble all the time and stuff. But like, just seriously, the grace of God kept me. And, um, and I'm so thankful. But so this leads me to my last point, is see God move. So... Um, when you are 
getting away with God, when you are seeking him, desiring his heart for you, desiring, you know, his will for your life, you're going to see God move. It's a promise in the word of God. Um, that is a promise for you. And um, yeah, so I, here, I'll just read the scripture. This scripture has like completely wrecked me in the past couple years. It's John 15, 7, but this is a different translation. This is the West translation. Like completely changed my life. Not, not even like, I'm not exaggerating. Okay, so it says, if you maintain a, a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, I command you to ask at once something for yourself, whatever your heart desires, and it will become yours. God commands you to ask what you want. If you are living in communion with God, if his words are at home in your heart, he says, I command you to ask. He wants the best for you. That's something, when you get away with God, you learn his character. You learn his heart. God, God loves you. Like, do you guys know that? He loves you so much. He wants the absolute best for you. So like, even when he would tell me no for stuff, and it was so hard, I'm like, okay, God loves me. He knows the beginning from the end. I might as well just be obedient because it's going to be better, you know? Um, so anyway, I was cleaning my church at this time. I was 18 years old, cleaning my church. We have a giant auditorium with bright red carpet, and it was all carpeted, and I had to vacuum the whole thing. So I had this gigantic industrial vacuumer, or vacuum, and I had to vacuum the whole thing up these aisles down. Then I had to put on a backpack vacuum. I looked like Ghostbusters, and I had to vacuum under all the pews and stuff. That gave me hours of prayer time. Like, my prayer life quadrupled when I started vacuuming the church. Um, but not even really thinking about the scripture, like, I know, like, without me telling you guys the scripture, you guys know that, like, like God wants to give you good things, right? <laughs> so, I would just pray, and I'd just start, I'd always pray, like every day I'd start the same things. God, this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm believing for. So, everyone look at Josiah real quick. He's super cute. Um, this is what I believe God for. I believe God for a big man, because I'm five feet tall, and I wanted my husband to compensate for that. So, I wanted somebody at least six feet tall. Like, that's on the short side. I wanted him to be really tall. Um, I believe God for a blonde-headed, green-eyed, gigantic man. That's what I wanted. Who loves to eat. And let me tell you, the Lord, the Lord came through on that one. <laughs> no, I want, there was so much more. There was like so many little specific things that I said. And it was crazy. Like God had said no to all these people. And I went for my cousin's wedding in California. And there was this cute... California boy with this long blonde hair, and he was so cute. And he was kind of, they were kind of trying to hook us up, but I was like, no, no. Like, I don't know why. I really, like, all this time, I'm like, somebody noticed me, and then I'm like, no, I don't, no. And it was so dumb. But anyway, I kind of played hard to get, but here's what happened, okay? We're at the wedding, we're at the reception, and I'm sitting down with my grandpa, because I don't like to dance. I love to sing, but I hate dancing. It's embarrassing to me. I love to watch people dance. I don't like to dance. And there's this big white boy out there on the floor dancing the night away. And he sees someone behind me. I don't even know. Do you even know who you were motioning to? He doesn't even remember. 
So he started motioning to one of his friends, come dance with me, come dance with me. And I'm like, um, no. And then he's like, come, come on. And I'm like, no. And then he noticed that I thought he was talking to me. So then he really started motioning, come on. And I was like, no. I just kept saying no because I was so embarrassed. That seems so mean, huh? It, I just do, I don't dance. I watch. I observe. So I went out on the dance floor finally, and I was like, I'm really white, and I really don't dance. And he was like, that's okay. Come on. Let's dance. And his sisters are there, and they're all dancing. And um, anyway, the song ended, and then a slow, we had talked for a second, and then a slow song came on, and I was like, oh, my gosh. He's about to ask me to dance. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then my little cousin came up. Henry, will you dance with me? And I was like, oh, sure. I'd love to. Anyway, I'm so thankful. I would have been so embarrassed. I had never danced with a boy before. I was 18 years old. I had never danced with a guy before. Other than, like, no, I don't even think my dad. Like, literally, I had never danced with anybody. I was super innocent, guys. Thank God. Anyway, so... He followed me around the whole night, and then the next day, he asked me to go have, just get a snack and hang out. So it wasn't a date. We were just going out. We talked, I talked for six and a half hours that day, <laughs> literally. Like, I kept saying, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm talking so much. He's like, no, I love it. He was like, glazed over, and it was so cool. Like, we literally, we talked about God the whole time. It was so cool. Like, it was such a special time. I look back on that like, gosh, that was so cool. Like we were just talking about how much we love God and like all these cool things that God's doing in our lives. And um, there was actually, he had to take the, all the texts back that day and um, realized it at the last minute. He's like, oh my gosh, I have to get the texts back. So we go to this tuck shop and, um, and we go inside and I'm just standing there waiting and he's giving the texts back. And I just had this feeling like, I feel like I'm married to him. I literally, like, this is our first time ever spending time together. And I just had that, like, I feel like we're married. And so, like, years later, we passed that tuck shop. It's still there to this day. We passed it, and I was like, did you realize, like, we've been married for years. When we went in that tuck shop that one time, I felt like we were married. And he was like, I did too. Isn't that crazy? It's like the prophetic, like, unction of God. Like, it seems so silly, but that was God. Like, I look back on that like, why would I feel that way, you know? And so another big factor in our relationship, we started a relationship about, we started talking on the phone that week, but started like a relationship like a week later. And um, like a relationship, like it was basically like courting. I, we said we were dating, but like we were dating with the purpose of marriage. And um, anyway, he, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. I don't remember. He's just so cute. He just distracts me all the time. Anyway, no, but it's, it, it's just been so cool to see how, how there were no guys. I'm telling you, like God said no to everybody. And then all of a sudden, this big, blonde, green-eyed, handsome guy shows up in my life. And he's the one. And then to see that I was so close to missing it too. Like, thank you, God, for your grace. But I just want to encourage you guys. It's it is so worth it to listen to God, to live a life in communion with him, a life in the secret place, you know, like a life seeking the presence of God, seeking the voice of God. And um, it's not just like in relationships. It's so cool that like I love our, our story is kind of like a fairy tale 
at least to me it is. I'm like, this is like, does this happen, you know? But um, God fulfilled every desire in my heart. And let me tell you, I so one of the amazing things is that we both were virgins when we got married, both of us. So not just me, but him too, which is huge. Like how many people have ever thought, I don't know if that could ever happen or I don't know if I'll get there. Like you kind of have that thought in your mind, like, I, like you just don't know. But let me tell you, there are men out there who are waiting. There are girls out there, women who are waiting, and they're waiting for their spouse. And um, that's so special. Like that's something just between him and me. There's nobody else. We never have to think about anybody else. And it's just wonderful. It's, it's like you can kind of live in innocence, continue living in innocence together, you know? It's the way God intended. But let me tell you on the other side of that, if you haven't um, saved yourself and you have already had an intimate relationship with somebody, God is standing there waiting. As soon as you say, God, I want to be pure, wipe my slate clean. He says, yes, like, that's what I'm like, that's what I died for. You know, like he knew we were going to mess up. <laughs> he knew, like he already knew. And he's saying, I want to wipe your slate clean. I want you to live a life of purity. You can be pure. Again, you just have to ask because God's ready to just, just to like wipe you completely clean and make you innocent again. You can be innocent. You can be pure. It's just having the desire and just asking God because he wants to do it. Um, so this is like, these things, it's not just like in relationships. It's like in every part of life. Um, so this last part has been like, this scripture has been like kind of a, it's been super huge in our life in the last couple of years. Um, we were seeking God so much for like so many huge things. And then someone sent me that verse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're seeking God. We're in communion with him. And now he's saying, ask me. And so we did. And we've seen so many amazing things happen in the past um, year and a half of our life just because we've been in communion with God and because we asked. So I want to encourage you guys, be bold. It's not always easy to live a life sold out to God, but it's always worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> um, be bold. It doesn't matter if you get ridiculed or if you make people uncomfortable. That's okay. And I'm like, when I say make people uncomfortable, you're not like waving your Bible in their face and ah, like telling tell them all this stuff. That's not it. Like just living your life. It, it can make people uncomfortable sometimes. And um, that's okay. So um, live a life of love for people. Lead them to God. And that'll happen naturally as you just spend time with them. Um, get away with God. It's so important at this age to get away with him. Learn his voice. Learn his character. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He wants the best for you. Um, and don't be afraid to ask him for things because he wants to do stuff for you. Another uh, thing Jonathan wanted me to mention. So I am like, I love to work. I really enjoy working. But um, when I had my my third child, our, our, uh, my little Lilia. But yeah, I suddenly had this desire to be at home. And I didn't really know what that looked like. And it was kind of weird to me because I really enjoy working. But I just wanted to be with my kiddos. And, and that's okay. So um, God made a way. And I've been at home with my kids for a year now. 
and it's been great, you know. So whatever you want in life, whatever those desires are in your heart, it's okay if it's not the same as what everybody else wants. You don't have to be the same as everybody else. God doesn't want you to be the same as everybody else. Um, and that's what I learned, like desiring that attention from people. I never learned who I was until I was older, and I never became okay with it. Literally, we did a test at work, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is who I am. Like it said, it rates you like all these different things with your personality. It said musical, like on a scale from zero to 100, I was like 100, I think. Like go figure. But I was like, I'm actually musical? Like that was my reaction to it. After playing trombone for seven years and writing music, I was like, oh, I really am. And then artistic was 98 or 97. I was like, I'm artistic? Like... I spent so much time trying to go out with whatever his name is that I didn't figure out who I was. So forget about it. <laughs> Learn, let God tell you who you are. Don't let people tell you who you are. And just go after it. Like, man, all the songs I could have written if I would have just not cared, you know? Like all the things I could have done, the development of the giftings God's placed inside of me if I hadn't been so concerned about what people thought. So be you. If you're weird, that's okay. I was weird, and that's okay. So forget about the pictures. Don't think about that. You don't have to be like that. But no, just be who God made you to be, okay? Be confident. Be bold. And go out there and just love people and just show them who God is. Spend time with them, uh, with God, and just let them let mold you and make you into your, who you're supposed to be. All right?